Blog Talk Radio. exciting topic on tap for today's show. As a matter of fact, it's our favorite conversation here on the radio show. It's about airplanes, or to be more specific, airliners. Hi, my name is Neil Holland, retired captain with Eastern Airlines and producer of the show. If you're listening in on the show's website, blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie, that's C-A-P-T-E-D-D-I-E, and you'd like to call in and talk with our guest, our host, or to add your, your memories, then why not call us at area code 213-816-1611. Again, that's 213-816-1611. The producer will see your number on the caller's board and ask if you'd like to join the host and share those memories with us. 
or you can continue just to listen on your smartphone to the rest of the show. We are a satellite-based radio station, and we're heard around the world. As a matter of fact, we have listeners in over 50 countries. And let me repeat that number again if you'd like to call in and, and uh, join the, uh, the radio show as a guest or just to share your memories. Area code 213 816 Now, let's see who's with us uh, today for our show. I see, Jim, are you here? Raise your hand. Let me see if you're here. Jim Holder. Hey, I'm raising it. I'm raising it. Hey. Okay, I'm I in, see you uh, there. <laughs> uh, the big peach, Atlanta, Georgia, and we got Colorado weather here. It's 50 degrees this morning, clear and dry. Okay. All right. Uh, Jim, uh, Bill, Bill uh, Joseph, you heard that. Colorado weather. Yeah, oh, Colorado my. weather. <laughs> All right, Jim. How thanks you a lot. <laughs> well, we got weather up in Canada too, I believe, and usually uh, it's it's uh, real warm right now, Brenda, isn't it? Hi, Brenda Chabot, how are you doing? I'm doing good, thank you. Um, it's wonderful right now. It's 34.7 degrees or 37.4 degrees Fahrenheit. I love it. It's cool. What? That cold? <laughs> yep. Wow. Yep. <laughs> Winter has arrived. <laughs> Oh, we don't find that cold. <laughs> it's oh, fresh. No. Fresh. Okay. Good description of that degrees. I was going to hope, hope you'd say Celsius so that uh, we could kind of figure that out in Fahrenheit and our little uh, American uh, English brains of ours. So, uh, okay, next up is over in the Pensacola Panhandle, Margaret Bars, and and perhaps her friend Luann will show up. Hello, Margaret. You there? And your friend Luann? Luann Wiggins. Hey, Ka- hey, Captain Neil. This is Margaret. Yes, Luann made it. I'm sure she'll be talking to you in a moment. Uh, so, to all the co-hosts and listeners, yes, I'm uh, in Pace, Florida, just outside of Pensacola. The weather is very sunny and will be so all day long. And we have a somewhat warm 87 degrees. Oh. Hey, and this is Lou. Oh, I'm I'm sorry, Captain Neil. I just made it here by the skin of my teeth. Uh, you know, this is Luann for everybody listening. Um, I just want to say ditto to Margaret's weather forecast since I'm here in pace with her. Okay. All right. I hope we'll hear more from you, Luann, in the show here. Let's move on over to uh, Texas and uh, tell us where you're calling in from, Captain Jim Harris. Hey, and at last but not last, at last but not least, is Bill Joseph, who's become the designated narrator for our shows, as you will see by another one of his sterling performances today. Where, okay, where Bill, now I'll step the. Where in the world did that come from? I don't know. <laughs> hey. <laughs> We're getting show. ahead of ourselves. Jim, all I want to know is where are you and how's the weather out there? Hey, all right, I'm in Dripping Springs, Texas. I got a clear blue sky. It's a pleasant 89 degrees. All right. Wow. Very good. Very good. Yep. Now, now you, you've already said what should have been said. And, Bill Joseph, <laughs> would you accept that introduction? <laughs> well, I'd like to thank Captain Harris for that fine introduction. And I'd like to report from Colorado that uh, we're having uh, 
Well, we're having Georgia weather here, it looks like. Looks like. 40 <laughs> degrees out this morning. They're going to be 81 for the high today. That's all, right. all I can report from here. Okay. <laughs> well, since you're uh, at the microphone right now, how about telling us about today's program, and let's get started here. Well, Neil, today's topic is the top 10 most produced commercial aircraft types. Here's a list of the top 10 most produced commercial aircraft by type in history. Margaret, would you start the countdown for us? Sure, Bill. But first of all, I want to thank Captain Neal, our producer, for uh, his confidence in assuming that I'm going to be able to pronounce all of these following uh, aircraft, aviation factories, and countries. So, Margaret, uh, Margaret, uh, Margaret, 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 yes. stop right now. Yes. You ought to turn this over okay. to Luann. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she would be biting at the bit to get a hold of this. I, I can't do <laughs> But it would have been good to turn it over to her. So uh, okay. I'm going to give it a shot. And uh, so for all our listeners, uh, I apologize. I'm going to get as close as I can to these. I have looked them up. But anyway, so on with the show, as they say. So, Bill, let's start with number 10. And we're going to talk about the Antonov AN-24-26 series. But let's talk about the AN-24 first. Now, total deliveries were 1,367 uh, as of 1979, and the production years were 1959 through 1979. <laughs> now, the AN-24 is a Russian-Ukrainian aircraft. It was designed in 1957 in the Soviet Union by the Antonov Design Bureau. It's a 44-seater twin turboprop aircraft that could be used for both passenger and freighter flights. The type is manufactured in Kiev, Irkutsk, and Lanunde aviation factories. It took off to the skies for the first time in 1959, and it was introduced in 1962. It is still in active service, and as mentioned earlier, this type was built from 1959 to 1979, and again, 1,367. Uh, were produced, and uh, they have been built at that time. Now, the type was flown by Uter Cargo and Gera Airlines, Aero Yakutia Airlines, and Air Corio, and more. In 19, or actually, excuse me, in 2019, 106 of those AN-24s were flying, but the number has dropped since. It was developed to replace the Aleutian 2-14, which was used for short to medium haul trips. Now, the Antonov AN-24 could operate in rough airstrips and remote locations. Its high wing layout was beneficial in such situations as it prevented engines from dust and other ground materials. The aircraft is very versatile and can be used for military rescue, ice reconnaissance, and more. And then in the same series of the Air Corio AN-24, we have the AN-26. 
Those total deliveries were 1,403 as of 1986, and the production years were 1969 through 1986. Now, the Anton Off AN-26 is a twin-engine civilian and military transport plane. The turboprop was designed and produced in the Soviet Union. The aircraft's reporting name given by NATO is CURL, C-U-R-L. Developed from another famous aircraft, AN-24, the AN-26 first flew on May 21, 1969, and started commercial operations in 1970. Air forces in the Soviet Union, Pakistan, and Vietnam, among others, are the primary military operators of the AN-26. And again, a total of 1,403 were produced from 1969 to 1986. So, Captain Holder, which aircraft follows the Anton Oz series? Well, Margaret, thank you. That would be number nine, since we're counting backwards, and it's the Airbus 330. It was a total deliveries of 1,527 of that aircraft as of December 2021. And the production is from 1992 to the present time. The Airbus, Airbus 330 is a long-range, wide-body aircraft developed by Airbus. It's developed from the Airbus 300. The larger 330-300 variant completed its first flight on November the 2nd, 1992, and it ended in service on January the 17th in 1994 with Air Inter. To developing the A300, Airbus, Airbus, I can't get that out right, started to design the A330, which would have two engines and the quad jet, that means four engines, 340. Both aircraft were launched in June of 1987 and received their first orders. After developing the 330-300, the first one to fly, a smaller variant, the 330-200, was also introduced, and it completed its maiden flight in 1998. The A330 freighter variant also existed and is still in active service with Turkish Airlines and a handful of other airlines. The Airbus 330 is very popular among airlines such as Turkish Airlines, Cathay Pacific, China Eastern Airlines, Delta Airlines, and more. As of December the 20, 2021, 1,527 Airbus 330s have been <coughs> delivered so far. And the aircraft has further upgraded to the 330 NOE, and I'm not exactly sure what that means, with a new engine. And there is a cargo, Turkish cargo aircraft, the 330F. And thanks to Eastern Airlines, the Airbus 300-B4 was the first airliner built by Airbus Industries to be purchased by an American carrier. Eastern was the first launch customer of the Airbus in America, as it says, and it proved to be a very good aircraft for its intended use in Eastern. Okay, since we have the first Airbus Aircraft, there must be Boeing aircraft coming up. Brenda, since you were a crew member on our next aircraft, how about telling us about number eight there, gal? Sure, I will. Thanks, Captain Jim. And what an aircraft it was and still is. 
In the eighth place is the Boeing 747, with total deliveries of 1,569 as of December 2021. Uh, the production was 1968 to the present day. Now, the Boeing 747, of course, is a long-range, wide-bodied aircraft developed by Boeing, widely known as the Queen of the Skies. She took to the skies for the first time on February 9, 1969, and the first 747 jumbo jet was delivered to Pan Am on January 1970. One trip to President of Pan Am asked Boeing for an aircraft twice the size of a 707. This is how the jumbo jet was born. Pan Am took part in every step of the development, and in April 1966, Pan Am ordered 25 Boeing 747-100 series aircraft, worth a U.S. $525 million at that time, which is equivalent to more than $3.2 billion today. The airliner became a sign of prestige, and many airlines, especially major carriers, operated it. I, had, I did have the pleasure of being a crew member with Ward Air, a Canadian airline, on this beautiful aircraft. <coughs> Um, our fleet was small. We only had uh, seven planes. We had four 747s, two were 100 series, and two were 200 series, and three DC-10s. And we did all international flying. Um, the 747 was just, it was majestic. And as far as flying it, it felt more like you were sailing than flying. Uh, you didn't, you know, contrast to the DC-10 or the L-1011 with the engines on the tail, where you could hear where they revved up and really feel like you were flying, the 747 just floated. And it was quite a, it was a long airplane. Um, and ours, I know we had five different zones from the nose to the tail. And uh, if you were a flight attendant at 5R, door 5 on the right, on the ground, you could look up and see the flight attendant standing at door 1 on the right. Once you were airborne, you could stand in those same positions and not see each other, which was quite interesting how it's yeah. designed to, you know, twist and move and that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, it was quite an aircraft. And, of course, the upper deck was always a little bit exciting, at least for passengers, um, especially since there was 16 passengers and it had two washrooms, whereas 410 or 15 passengers downstairs had to scramble to use I can't remember there was quite a few but never enough but yes it was um and it was a sense of pride I mean when you anybody knows when you walked up to a 747 that big shiny beast you were so proud to be able to work it you know anyway um the 747 remained very popular with many variants developed over five decades there was even a trijet 747 concept that didn't make it into production the 747 freighter version is um, operated by almost all the major cargo airlines. These days, however, the 747 passenger jet isn't the aircraft of choice among airlines, as the fuel-efficient twin jets, such as the B, uh, Boeing 777, 787, Airbus A330, and Air350, have taken over the long-haul market. How I miss my queen of the air. Captain Jim Harris, what's in number seven, please? <coughs> Well, Brenda, we have a very popular aircraft that regular regional carriers like. It's Embraer E-Jet family. Total deliveries, 1,596 as of March 
2021. Production uh, 2001 to present. Embraer E-Jet family is a short to medium range, narrow body, twin jet manufactured by Brazilian aerospace manufacturer Embraer. It can carry from 72 to 124 passengers. Launched at the Paris Air Show in 1999, the airliner entered into full, into full production three years later in 2002. The airline can serve lower demand routes offering the capacity and qualities of the larger jet. The aircraft first took off on January 19, 2002. On March 17, 2004, the first e-jet was delivered to LOT Polish Airlines. A total of 1,596 aircraft have been delivered so far, and the type is still in service to airlines like Republic, SkyWest, Envoy Air, Mesa Airlines, and JetBlue. While the program was announced, when the program was announced in 14 June 1999, regional um, campaign Air and Cross Air were the launch customers. In 2002, the type was displayed in the Regional Airline Association Convention. Production began after a few after a new factory in Sao Jose do Campos base was built in 2002. In February 2004, type certification was received from the aviation authorities of Brazil, Europe, and the USA. On the second week of March 2004, the first aircraft was delivered. The family consists of E-170, E-175, E-190, and E-195 airliners. As to utilization of these aircraft, I think you compare them back in the day to the, to the Douglas DC-9 series aircraft. Bill Joseph, what do you have for the countdown of 10 most produced aircraft? Well, Jim, number six would be the Boeing 777 with total deliveries of 1,677 as of December 2021. Production started in 1993 through the present. The Boeing 777, commonly known as the 777, is a long-range, wide-body aircraft developed by Boeing. It is the largest twin jet ever manufactured. Fill the gap between... Boeing 767 and 747, and replace older DC-10s and L-1011 trijets. Launched on October 14, 1990, United Airlines became the launch customer. The prototype rolled out on April 1994, and the aircraft completed its maiden flight on June 12, the same year, in a typical three-class configuration the aircraft could accommodate up to 368 passengers. The type could fly from 6,000 to 9,840 miles. On June 7, 1995, the B777-200 started to fly with United. In the late 1980s, DC-10 and L-1011 aircraft were getting old and were to be retired soon. Airbus was working on the A330 and A340, whereas McDonnell Douglas was working on the MD-11. Boeing considered stretching the 767, named the 767X, 
but airlines weren't interested in it. So Boeing went for a clean sheet design. Airlines were interested in the broader fuselage cross-section, fully flexible interior configurations, and short to intercontinental range capability. This resulted in the development of the Boeing 777, which opted for the twin-engine configuration. Boeing also launched the ER and LR variants, which provided flexibility to the whole program, and the new 777X is now undergoing flight tests. Boeing also launched the Freighter version, the 777F, in May 2005. The first freighter, 777, was delivered to Air France. Captain Jim, what do you have for number five? Hey, Jim well, Holder. Uh, hey, Jim Holder. Yes. I want to play yes. something here before you start on the 727. I want you to listen to this, and then you can get back to telling us about this wonderful, wonderful airplane. Here we go. See if you remember this ad. Brian, look. There's a new kind of plane. That's Eastern's new Boeing 727 jet. Look how high the tail is. 34 feet. Look where they put the jets. In the tail assembly. That's one reason it's so quiet. The passengers are always riding ahead of the sound. Where does it fly to? I don't know. It flies north. You can hightail it on Eastern's new 727 jetliner to Washington, Philadelphia, and Boston. And a unique new dining service is worth riding home about. Choose from a selection of superb entrees like lobster Newburgh, filet mignon with Bordelais sauce. Prepared as you like it. Eastern 727 jet. Quiet as a library. The smartest way to leave town? Come fly with Eastern. Okay, Jim Holder, you got it. Tell us about it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and I do remember that commercial. It was a good one. And well, it, I shouldn't say another boy. This one, one was so popular with the flight cabin crews, the crewers. And I'm going to change this a little bit here. And she was my favorite airliner, as I had about 15,000 hours on all models of the drum roll Boeing 727. <laughs> the drum roll didn't come out. Over the years, I flew every one of Eastern's. Over the years, I'll try again. I flew every one of Eastern's, and later at the same. Same airplane, American Transatlantic. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. There were, listen up, there were 1,832 total deliveries of this sweetheart, which was in production from 1962 to 1984. The Boeing 727 is a narrow-body aircraft developed by Boeing in the early 60s. After development of the 707, there was a need for smaller jets that could serve small airports, so the 727 was launched. <clears throat> Excuse me. The program had received orders for 40 aircraft, each from United and Eastern, at its launch. The plane took to the skies for the first time on February the 9th, 1963, by Eastern Airlines. One year later, the type entered service with Eastern on February 1st, 1964, and the plane was produced for more than two decades, and the last one rolled out in September 1984. Boeing built 1,832 727 tri-jets, and Eastern called them the Whisper Jet. 
Boeing 727 is the only tri-jet produced by Boeing. It's powered by three Pratt & Whitney JT-8 low-bypass turbofans and has a T-tail. All three engines are located at the back of the aircraft, making it quite quiet up front. The airline could carry around 106 passengers in two classes over 2,500 miles. And I'll tell you, at eight at uh, American Transair, where I flew them, we had 177 passengers on those things, and we had slightly more powerful engines, so we could make long trips. The Stretch 7200 variant entered the market in 1965 and first flew in July of 67. The same year, that's a stretch. The same year, it started to fly with Northeast Airlines in December. And the 20 feet extension of the fuselage, the 200 variant, could carry 134 passengers in two classes over 2,930 miles. The type was mainly used for domestic flights and some were used internationally. On January the 13th, 2019, Boeing 727 operated its last commercial passenger flight between Zahedan and Tehran with Iran Asman Airlines. Uh, and noteworthy, we recall that our radio show host, the late Captain Mike Scott, he flew the last flight Listen to this. He flew the last flight of the first Boeing that was off the simulator back to Seattle. It was a United airplane uh, to Seattle, only to be to be displayed at the Boeing Museum. We had that. Mike tell us all about that flight on one of our early episodes. I added a few of my own comments about this great airplane, the Boeing 727, and perhaps Captain Harris, who flew on them with me. And Captain Neal would like comment also. Take it away, guys. This is Captain Jim, Harris. you go first. Okay. I flew that airplane in all three positions, flight engineer, co-pilot, and captain. I figure I've got close to 25 years on that airplane and close to 20,000 hours. It was a it was a great airplane, and I it flew like a baby. It was so much fun to fly that airplane. I always enjoyed it. It was fun in all three positions. Once I got to be captain, it was even more fun. Yeah. <laughs> the greatest, I think it's the best airplane ever made. I could take that airplane and go anywhere in, in, in the entire world on any condition and get back where I started from. That's how good it is. It's very reliable. You know, you know Jim Holder and Jim Harris, uh, I'm sure you uh, are like me after you flew it for just a little while. It became just kind of like putting on your clothes when you entered that airplane. You kind of wore uh, that airplane when you flew it, yeah, and uh, it, it just felt so right to fly that airplane, mm-hmm. especially with as many hours as all three of us had on that aircraft. That's why we like to talk about the airplane when we can. Oh, a wonderful it airplane. It flew so well. Yeah, it did. It did. Well, enough about 727. Let's go back and see what Brenda has got for us in the fourth place. Brenda? Okay. In the number four place is another aircraft primarily flown by the regional carriers. It's the CRJ series, the Canadian regional jet. Total deliveries, 1,945 as of December 2020. 
The production has been from 1991 to 2020. CRJ, Canadian Regional Jet, is a regional jet series developed by Bombardier Aerospace, launched with Lufthansa CityLine. The aircraft completed its maiden flight on May the 10th, 1991. The first generation, CRJ-100-200, was launched in 1991, and the second generation, the CRJ-700 series, was launched in 1999. After the success of the Challenger series, Canadair launched the CRJ project with a primary goal to enter the market in the early 1990s and sell around 400 planes. The process was economical, and development costs were less than other turboprop projects. Keeping in mind the success and customer request, CRJ-200 was manufactured. Some minor changes were made, new engines were added, and the plane was more advanced. The CRJ-200 completed its maiden flight in 1991, and after the success of the 200, the stretched CRJ-700 was launched. The series was further extended to the CRJ-900, which could accommodate more passengers. The airline faced major competition from Embraer aircraft. The E-Jet family was also taking over the market. So CRJ-1000 was launched to compete with the type. Despite all these innovations, the aircraft couldn't keep up with the new aircraft from Embraer and other manufacturers. On June the 1st, 2020, Japanese corporation Mitsubishi Heavy Industries took over the program after 1945, after 1,945 uh, CRJ series aircraft were delivered by Bombardier. The CRJ series is a very popular, is very popular among regional airlines and is in active service with SkyWest Airlines, Endeavor Air, PSA Airlines, and Air Wisconsin, among others. Um, one quick note from me, as a passenger in the last five years, I guess, I've been flying down to the States from Toronto, and you're very often on a smaller aircraft if you're going to you know, Baltimore or Florida. And um, Embraer is a more comfortable aircraft than the CRJ. I definitely do from a passenger perspective, and that's flying a fair bit on them. So uh, I must say I do like that uh, Embraer. Anyway, uh, Brenda, Bill Joseph, tell Brenda, us. Yeah? Before Bill yeah. Joseph, Brenda, my, uh, my daughter-in-law, my son's wife, just checked out mm-hmm. as captain on the Embraer uh, 2000 or 1900, it's a, or 900, I think it is. It's a 90-seat wow. aircraft, and she loves it. She just checked out as captain with Sky West, which we mentioned was one of the operators yeah. of the um, Embraer. So, uh, oh, yeah, she loves that airplane. Okay. That's wonderful. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. No problem. Okay, Bill Joseph, um, can you tell us who's number three in our lineup? I sure can, Brenda. It's Airbus 320 family. Total deliveries, 10,176 as of December 2021. Production was from 1986 to the present. Launched in March 1984, the A320 family is a narrow-bodied family of jets developed by Airbus. The prototype flew three years later on February 22, 1987. On April 18, 1988, Airbus delivered its first A320 to Air France. 10,176 A320 family aircraft 
have been delivered as of December 2021. Some major A320 family aircraft operators are Indigo, American Airlines, China Eastern Airlines, EasyJet, China Southern Airlines, etc. Like the 737 families, the A320 family also has many members in its family, which consists of Airbus A318, 319, and the 320 and 321 series, and more advanced NEO family jets. After developing A300, A310, Airbus started to look into the single-aisle narrow-body market, mainly occupied by the Boeing 737 and Douglas DC-9. The A320 family received orders for 96 aircraft when it was launched in 1984. Air France was the launch customer, ordering 25 jets along with an option for an additional 25 more aircraft. After 1,200 hours of test flight across 530 flights, the airline was awarded European Joint Aviation Authority certification on February 26, 1988. The base variant, A320, was stretched more, and the A321 was launched, which is 22 feet 9 inches longer than the A320. When A320 was shrunk a little, a smaller A319 was born. When further shrunk, the A318 was born. The Airbus A318 was built to challenge the Boeing 737 Classics, but faced challenges from the next generation and MAX series aircraft. Airbus has been delivering more narrow-body jets than Boeing in recent years. Middle East Airlines got the 10,000th A320. Captain Harris, do we have a number two? I think by now everyone's figured out number two. Bill, I would thought it would be in the number one position, but I would have been proven wrong. Number two is the Boeing 737 family. Total delivery, 10,877 as of December 2021. Production, 1966 to present. The Boeing 737 is a narrow-body aircraft manufactured by Boeing in the Renton factory, Washington. It is the most produced aircraft in commercial aviation with 10,877 planes delivered as of December 2021. Boeing took to the skies for the first time. Boeing 737 took to the skies for the first time on 9 April 1967. 54 years ago, and is the fam- and is very famous for medium-haul flights. Ten months later, on February 10 of 1968, the first aircraft was delivered to Lufthansa. The 737 family is still a popular choice of airlines around the globe. It is flown by airlines such as Southwest, Ryanair, United Airlines, and American Airlines. American wanted to build an aircraft that could offer shorter routes Something smaller than a Boeing 727, aircraft of similar sizes like the Douglas DC-9 and the Fokker F-28 were already manufacturing and getting flight certification. Lufthansa was the first was a launch customer with an order of 20 for 21 jets, roughly worth around 60 million dollars at the time. The first generation includes 737 100s and 30, 737-200s. Boeing 737 Classic, which is a second generation, soon followed. 
they were more advanced than the previous generation with new engines. 737 next generation soon followed, which the third generation and most of the series 737s flown to the label flown today belong to this group, including the model 737 600, 700, 800, 900 series and extended range 700 ER slash 900 ER variants. Launched back in 2011, 737 Max is the latest and most advanced generation. The family includes the Max 737-7 slash 8 and 9 and 10, as well as the M Max 8200. The main rival competitor of the 737 Airlines is Airbus A320 family. Captain Neil, we are waiting all way to enter the number one most produced commercial aircraft. Can we have a drone roll? Duh. <laughs> Why? Have, has anyone guessed the number one? Anyone? Uh, uh, it's going to surprise you. Golly, Pete's DC-3, you must have seen it on that page. <laughs> Why, of course, it's the Douglas DC-3. Of course, there were a total delivery of this great aircraft of, listen to this, 16,079 airplanes until 1950. So the production time wow. was from 1936, the year I was born, until 1950. The Douglas DC-3 was originally intended as an airliner, but after just 607 airliner, airline variants were built, the DC-3 was retasked to serve in a military transport role, and the rest of the 16,079 DC-3s built between 1935, one year before I was born, and 1952 did just that. According to Wikipedia, which I looked up, and the total production breakdown of the DC-3 includes all variances as follows. There were 607 civilian variants, 10,048 military C-47s, which they were called C-47s, and C-53 derivatives built at Santa Monica, California, Long Beach, California, and Oklahoma City. And there were 4,937 built under license in the Soviet Union between 1939 and 1950. And it was called the, uh, I'm going to be like you, Margaret. I'm going to spell it out. L-I-S-U-N-O-V. I won't try it. And it was the L-I-2. NATO reporting uh, called it the CAB, C-A-B. Now, Jim Harris, what you got? Captain Neal, I would like to add one more in the category of honorable mention to 172, which mo most of my training in for airplanes was in the 172. 71, Cessna 172 takes the crown of being the single most produced aircraft of all time. More than 44,000 172s have been produced since production first began in 1956. The high-wing utility trainer aircraft is one of the most common trainer aircraft and is popular among general aviation pilots. Producer Neil, if you have any follow-up discussion about any of the aircraft we have recognized today, 
please. Let's hear it. Well, uh, yeah, uh, the 172, I have some training time in that airplane, too, and uh, it was followed very closely by the Cessna 150, which was a two-seater, and the 152, which was the next uh, generation of the 150, pretty much the same with a, a larger powered engine. But uh, these were fascinating airplanes. And, of course, now we're not talking about what's considered the most popular uh, among crew members and among passengers. Uh, some people that uh, I think all of us here on the radio show have heard, especially those of us uh, that have been in aviation, uh, hear passengers talk about their favorite airplanes to fly in. And one of the ones that uh, I felt... Uh, uh, had a lot of respect for was the L-1011. I used to fly that airplane. I think I have 3,000 hours in it. But I uh, heard a lot of folks comment on uh, how comfortable it was, kind of like, uh, Brenda, you talking about the 747, the Queen of the Skies. Well, the mm -hmm. 1011 was a, was a wonderful airplane, and uh, it came along in 1972 to Eastern Airlines, which was the launch a customer for uh, Lockheed and uh, Lockheed built some great airplanes back in the day and, and not in the least was the Constellation the Lockheed Constellation Sorry. Jim, Jim you have a lot of respect for the Connie I believe and uh, uh, yes I do and uh, and the uh, the Electra of course Eastern operated the Electra too which was a four-engine prop jet, and you, both of us. I had respect for it too. Yeah, so Lockheed Love was in there for a while, and then Lockheed strictly turned into a military manufacturer and got out of the commercial airline business. And I think one of the reasons that they did was the uh, the fatal crash of uh, the L-1011 uh, early in its uh, in its uh, when it was. Built in Eastern, had it in 1972. We had an accident that crashed the airplane into the Everglades, and that was in 1972 in December, which uh, we're honoring those passengers that were killed in that airplane by dedicating a monument in Miami Springs, December 29th, the anniversary, 50th anniversary of that crash. But uh, that didn't do anything to help the airplane, much like the Boeing 737 MAX with the crashes of those two airplanes. With what the crew didn't understand was developed by Boeing and installed in those airplanes and uh, not really giving the crew any, any uh, instruction on that uh, uh, software that was built into the airplane to push the nose down to keep it from going into a stall condition, as we knew a few years back when uh, the Malaysian Airlines and the, I forgot the two airlines that crashed in the 737. But it set Boeing back way back in its development of aircraft, which Boeing was leading um, year after year after year. And then uh, Airbus overtook them because I think of that one reason was the 737 max problems that uh, they grounded them all well that's about all i got to talk about anybody 
want to share any and other I, thoughts? Yeah, I'd like, I'd, I'd like to say something. And, uh, Go ahead. Okay. Uh, my first flight, I was thinking about this, was on the, C, the C-47, which is a DC-3, in the summer of 1955. And a lot, a lot of my friends had been up in an airplane or anything, and I was sort of lucky out that uh, I was in the Mississippi Air Guard at the time. And they took some of us up, up on a plane ride you know, down in the Gulfport, Mississippi. And we flew around. And it was real hot. I remember that. We came back in and landed. And, man, I was all excited. This is my first airplane ride. <laughs> and I got home, and I was telling my friends about it. And they said, well, what did, what did you do? What did you see? And I said, well, I don't know. The biggest thing I remember is right before we landed, we flew over a, a pond, and there was a bunch of cows out there in the water drinking. <laughs> and they, cause that's the craziest thing I've ever heard of. You don't go up in an airplane and see cows drinking in a pond, but that's exactly <laughs> what I saw. And it, 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 for some reason, it stuck in my mind bigger than anything else, those cows down there drinking in the pond. And they, they gave me hell about that for about five years. Oh, you been up seeing any more cows drinking? You know, and I say, yeah, a lot of them. <laughs> that's a true story. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's great talking about airplanes, and we do it once in a while on the radio show. And, of course, we have other topics, and some of them are safety-minded uh, related. And, and uh, But uh, it's fun to talk about uh, the equipment that we flew, both in the front end, which we call the flight deck, and the back, which was the cabin. And, uh, and it's great that uh, Brenda shared some stories about the 747. Thank you, Brenda. And uh, – but uh, – uh, any other, any anything else you want to say, Margaret uh, or Luann? Is Luann there? She better be because we're going to turn the uh, airplane over to Luann and let her be the captain. And uh, hey, Captain oh, Neil, uh, there you are. I was wondering. Yeah, I just I just uh, went outside for a minute and I'm right back. Um, I just wanted to mention, if I could, just quickly uh, to give an update on Kentucky up our. You know, because we uh-huh. like to, I mean, we fly, we fly with you big boys. And, uh, you know, we just have that one little red Learjet in our fleet, but it was custom made so, you know, we could meet the expectations of our passengers. And I just want to update you, we recently had our little plane overall so we could make a statement and also be recognized as a contender in the sky. Now, our first improvement, and all you captains are just going to be green with envy, and we're so excited about this. We just added a brand-new Chrysler Hemi engine to our plane. Yeah, we did. So we now have gone from a six-cylinder to a V8-cylinder with overhead valve hemispherical combustion chambers, torque output 490 pounds. About that, Jim Holder. My Lord. I'm telling you. And then, and yeah, and then we added a new cherry bomb muffler, you know, that to replace, it's called a glass pack. And that makes our plane sound like one of them good old muscle cars. You remember them cars? Boy, you can hear us coming before we land on that runway. And then our pilot, Earl, I'm, I know I'm rushing along here, uh, he was a former crop duster pilot. He came up with this great idea 
and our passengers just go crazy on it. So with canisters electronically rigged to our plane, we can shoot out a stream of red-colored smoke during the whole trip. I bet you big plane pilots can't grab that much attention, can you? Oh, man, that that is something. No, and does yeah. the airplane come equipped with hubcaps? Well, you know, that was an extra that we decided we'd just go ahead and shell out that money for that. It does. <laughs> and then, you know, I'm telling you, our plane is just top-notch. And then, just to add another little update, you know, our passengers wanted us to kind of juice it up on the outside. So we painted a, a wild black stallion. Now, for those of you who don't know, I'm from Kentucky, so that's a horse. Uh, so we painted, painted that big wild black stallion on one side and a real pretty woman on the other side. Which, by the way, everybody says it looks just like me, but I'm sure that's just a co-inky dink. Now, we painted... We painted them pictures to honor an old, old saying that we have in Kentucky. So you might have heard this, but I'm going to repeat anyway. So we tell everybody who, uh, you know, is out, we call them outsiders outside the state, that we are the land of fast horses and beautiful women. And then we say, oh, wait a minute, is it the land of fast women? And beautiful horses. We can't ever get that straight. <laughs> well, oh, our motto here at Kentucky Up There is this. Some say we're tough. Some say we're rough. But make no mistake, we can strut our stuff. And that's the <laughs> truth. So help me, Jim Holder. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> well, with that, well, with that, Luann, how about uh, taking us and and putting Flight 66 on the ground? Oh, I'd be ever so grateful to do that. You know, I was hoping you'd kind of let me play. Uh, you know, not play. Well, yeah, play and fly one of them planes. And as you know, I'm a flight attendant, not a real pilot. So this landing might be a little bouncy. We might have a little sudden jolt on the runway. Uh, that is if we actually make the runway. So, <laughs> hey, Atlanta Tower, it's me, Captain Luann Wiggins, wanting to land on any runway you got so we can put her in the hangar. <laughs> sure, Captain Luann. You're clear to land and We'll be watching from way up here in the tower. I think it's a safe distance away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Coming in on a wing and a prayer. Coming in on a wing and a prayer. Though there's one motor gone, we can still carry on. Coming in on a wing and a prayer. What a show, what a fight. Yes, we really hit our target for tonight. How we sing as we limp through the air. Look below, there's our field over there. With our full crew aboard and our trust in the Lord, we're coming in on a wing and a prayer.
Thank you. Well, we'll let Merle Haggard take us out of here. Thanks, guys, for being with us today. Hope you enjoyed the show. And now we'll uh, turn it over to Merle Haggard with our sign-off music, Silver Wings. Roaring engines Headed somewhere in flight They're taking you away Don't leave me, I cry Don't take that airplane ride But you locked me out of your mind And left me standing here behind Silver wings Shining in the sun Somewhere in flight They're taking you away Leaving me lonely Silver wings Slowly fading out of sight Call me right after the show. Sure will. Okay. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye.